Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. And we welcome you into a Thursday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. We do that today from beautiful sunshiny Columbia, Missouri, where Gator Baseball is getting set to play the Missouri Tigers in their final SEC regular season series of the year. We have live coverage here tonight and uh, tomorrow night, too, beginning at 725. There's so much going on. There's uh, Gator Tennis in the Elite Eight. The men are playing Baylor tonight. Gator Softball is getting set to host a regional. We mentioned Gator Baseball, the PGA Championship up in New York. Uh, day one, and there's also the second leg of the Triple Crown coming up. And with us to talk about that is the guy who knows a lot about horse racing. He's been with us a long time, Dick Girardi. He's with us, courtesy of ExpressBet. The award-winning writer says you can visit ExpressBet.com for a free Preakness guide and a wager on the races when you can't get to the track. Let's bring Dick in now. And... uh Okay, Bree, do we have him? Hey, okay, Steve. Dick, are you there? Hey, Dick, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Um, let's go back a little bit to the Kentucky Derby because there is still drama there, people suing, all of that. What's the latest with all of that? Right, the latest is that the owners of Maximum Security are... I don't know that they've officially filed the lawsuit yet, but they're about to file a lawsuit in uh, in Kentucky trying to overturn the disqualification of maximum security. Uh, they appealed the original ruling by the stewards, but in Kentucky there's no appeal process for the Kentucky Racing Commission, so they had to go right to the courts. Uh, I don't know that that's officially been filed, but it sounds like it's about to be. And then the suspension that was given uh, to the – to the to the rider of the horse seemed to me, Dick, and I don't know much about the sport, but a little bit harsh. What was your take on that? I'm with you, Steve. And uh, typically in that kind of an incident, a jockey might get three days or five days or no days if they think it was just the horse's fault. Uh, so 15 days to me felt like they were trying to justify their obviously extremely controversial decision to disqualify maximum security. And I'm with you. I, I thought it was very harsh. You know, I, I don't want to take this thing and drag it out to the nth degree, but I do want one more question with this, Dick. Given that suspension, and, you know, I, I imagine this has happened in races before and nothing's ever happened. Is this going to change now what riders and drivers do in, in the context of a race? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, this was an, an unusual incident, but not certainly unprecedented. I mean, sometimes horses have minds of their own, especially coming into the, getting into the home stretch of a race with 150,000 screaming people and lights and everything else. So, yeah, it does happen because horses just, I mean, sometimes they can't be controlled. They're thousand pound animals. I actually would like to see them change the way they do some things in this. Uh, I didn't like the disqualification. I thought there was interference. 
but I did not think it impacted the ultimate result. So what he ended up with was the second-best horse winning the Kentucky Derby and the best horse finishing 17th. And I think there's a better way to adjudicate that. Uh, I, I'm all of the opinion if the horses who were fouled weren't going to finish in front of the horse who did foul anyway, then what's the point in changing anything? Okay. All right, let's move to the Preakness. Tell us about the field here. Right. We only have four back from the Derby, and what's unusual is we don't have the Derby winner, Country House, because he got sick after the race. We don't have the first-place finisher, Maximum Security, because they wanted, they, it's taken him a little time to recover, and they thought two weeks was too fast. We also don't have the original second- and third-place finisher, so it's not <laughs> the same as typical. We normally are going to have a the Derby winner. It's the first time. So only four out of the Derby's 19 are back. We do have a field of 13. I know you'll be shocked by this, Steve, but Bob Baffert has the favorite improbable. He was the beaten favorite <laughs> yeah. in Kentucky. He finished fifth down there, moved up to fourth. Uh, and War of Will will probably be the second choice. He was one of the horses impacted by what happened on the far turn. Um, I, I don't. I hope this is fair because I think when a horse wins a Triple Crown, Dick, that's something special. And it hasn't happened a lot. But in the case of not having the Derby winner in the field, you know, having happened what happened there, if, if you win the Preakness or the Belmont, is that as big a deal as winning the Kentucky Derby? It's not. Uh, and in, in the couple, for a couple of reasons, the Derby's a standalone. I mean, it's, it's one of a kind. There's nothing like it in our sport or anything else. So, so, so there is that. And secondly, the Preakness, I mean, normally it's like the first race since we've seen the Derby winner, right? So we, we see him, and that's what's great about it. So it's not the same, but it's a very cool race. It'll still be big. It'll still be on NBC at 6.48 on Saturday. Uh, but uh, I'd be kidding you if I said it was going to be exactly the same. It's not. All right, my friend, I'll end with this. Uh, we, we know Bob Baffert's got the favorite, and we saw what happened in the Kentucky Derby with – you know, horses uh, not having much of a chance doing something. Is there a horse here that, pardon the pun, a dark horse that might win this race in your view? Yeah, maybe Owendale, who won the Lexington Stakes at, at, at Keeneland uh, like about a month ago, ran really fast, and maybe this race sets up nicely for his late running style because there's a, a lot of early speed. So he'd probably be, I think, the best uh, potential double-digit odds horse in the race, Owendale. All right, award-winning writer Dick Girardi with us, courtesy of ExpressBet.com. You can visit ExpressBet.com for a free Preakness guide and to wager on the races when you can't get over to the track. Dick, always a pleasure, and uh, we will talk to you for the third leg here in a few weeks. You got it. Sounds good, Steve. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dick. Always appreciate you. Dick Girardi, who can tell you everything about horse racing, which means that's good for us and me because I don't know a whole lot about it. Miss Bree is producing the broadcast today. She is going to be busy. Uh, we have a lot of things going on today. There are some high school football jamborees going to be taking place in the area. So we're going to talk to uh, some of the coaches and talk about their losses from last year, what they have coming back, and what they want to accomplish in the spring. Um, also, the baseball coach at Missouri, Steve Beezer, is going to join us, take an interview with him, uh, that you will hear uh, today. And uh, speaking of that, the pitching assignments are now out, and 
even though Missouri's strength undoubtedly is pitching, there, there, there's no question, they've had some guys hurt, and it is going to be a situation where Tommy Mace is going to get the start tonight, 7-4, and 5.50 ERA. He'll go up against sophomore righty Connor Ash, 2-1 with a 4 ERA. Game 2 tomorrow, tomorrow night, Jack Lefwich, 4-5, 6.94 ERA against one of the best in the SEC lefty. T.J. Sikama, the junior, is 7-3, and three, and get this, his ERA, 1.36. And then the Saturday game, uh, both teams list a TBA. Tyler Dyson did make this trip. So uh, we don't know if it'll be him or not. Certainly Pogue's been good uh, his last couple of starts. PGA going on now. Brooks Kepka is uh, doing really well. That dude can play. Uh, Tiger Woods was at one under. We'll try, I think Kepka was at four under. We'll try to keep you updated on that as well. Some things uh, to talk about today. I mentioned all the Gator stuff going on. Uh, but I do want to talk about a couple of things. One of them is uh, the situation in Gator football. And I wonder what, I really hope you'll weigh in on this um, around our guests today. Dan Mullen was at an event in Tampa, and he was basically asked if there, if there was a zero-tolerance policy when it came to violence against women, and he said... You know, I'd like there to be. I'd like to think that would be good. But he said, I, I kind of take things on a case-by-case basis. And I don't know, some people in my circle that rubbed the wrong way, I happen to agree with that. But I want to get your thoughts on that today uh, as we go along here. Um, we, we didn't get a chance yesterday, uh, although I'm sure um, – that uh, Shaner uh, had a chance to talk with you yesterday and Brett about the situation with uh, the NBA draft lottery. Well, how about what happened? Look, I'm watching, and as a Knicks fan, I'm not at all surprised. I, I had no illusion the Knicks would get that number one pick um, they can still get a very good player at number three. It'll be interesting to see what New Orleans does with that pick. So uh, we'll see. We'll uh, open the phone lines, 392-8255. And uh, you can uh, email russell at com. And if you have a Facebook Live question, send it to Bree. And uh, she will make sure that we get it. We have a lot of guests today. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Marin Angus is going to join us from Softball America as the regionals will begin. We'll get her thoughts on uh, Florida's regional, on some of the SEC teams. And then I want to ask this question, too. I'm going to ask her this tomorrow as well. Every SEC team in softball made a regional. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't know the, in, the, the uh, in, intricacies of their schedules. But I do know this. Texas A&M, I believe, won six league games. Six. Okay? Florida 
in baseball right now has, what, 10 league wins? So they are out. They are out. In, in everything I've seen, they would not make a regional today. So my question is, and I don't have the comparison in front of me of A&M and in terms of strength of schedule, you know, versus the top 25, versus all of that, but I do know Florida's RPI is good. I do know Florida's strength of schedule is good in baseball, but I wonder why the discrepancy. And I, I think it's probably because there aren't as many, quote, good, unquote, teams in softball, but I'm going to ask uh, Marin that tomorrow and uh, get her thoughts on it. Um, all right, coming up, we're going to have a bunch of uh, high school coaches, but we're going to take a, a couple of calls here. Greg is going to be first. Greg, hi. Hey, Steve, enjoying the show. Thanks for having Dick Girardi on, Steve. I'm not a big horse racing fan, but I'll watch all three of them, the big three coming up. And I just wanted to comment because I never did call in when that happened. I just thought that was total BS in my opinion. I, I know it's not NASCAR, Steve, but if you're not trading paint, as they say in NASCAR, and you're not racing, I mean, if you can't get in front of a horse and close them off, then then get out of the field. I also was sitting there saying after all of that controversy happened, and I literally watched it all. It's probably the most I've watched after a race in my entire life, but hence all the drama I had to. But if you're going to make those kinds of rules that you can't bump or you can't cut in front of somebody, then paint some lines on the track, Steve, and make everybody stay in their lane like drag racing. And the pole position, the inside lane, that's the fastest time. And then go on down and the slowest times all the way down at 14. I don't know horse racing. Maybe that's what they already do, but that's what they should do. Then your fastest time gets inside lane, slowest the far out. And stay in your lane then because I thought that was total BS, and I just had to comment on that. And the Gators, Steve, they were, we, I guess we got our three. They say things happen in three, airplane crashes, tragedies. We had Chris Steele, Evans, and then Dwayne Black. My question I'll leave you is, is well, my comment is, is I'm cool with Coach Mullen doing it case by case. You had that topic back when Urban was here, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and we all pretty much I did. surmise that should be the case. But with Dwayne Black, Steve, do you think he'll come back out if he qualifies? And I'll listen to you yeah. comments off air and go Gators. All right, thank you. Um, yes, I think Dewan Black – uh, certainly well, wants to come back to Florida. A- anything can happen. And, you know, this has been talked about a lot. Um, you know, there there are some fans that do not like the fact that Florida's academic standing is so high because you are going to lose some players to other schools. There is no, no question about that. Butch will talk to us next. Hi, Butch. Steve, I've got a beer riding on the answer to this question because I, I bet somebody a beer that you would get this on the first try. You ready? I'm ready. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the number one draft pick when he came out of high school. Who was the number two pick? Neil Walk. There you go, buddy. I just want a beer. <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay. Okay. That's really all Thank I had to you. say today. I just, I just knew you knew the answer to that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, you know what? If I can help somebody win something, then uh, it, it's been really good. Twelve uh, seventeen. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry from Broadway here in Columbia, Missouri. Sports scene comes your way. ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRU.